It's a club no one wants to join. Gold Star families have lost beloved relatives during active duty military service. In honor of Memorial Day, Gold Star mom Denise Williams talks about the sacrifice of service, patriotism, and why she wants us to celebrate Memorial Day. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Curlitis, your host, and thank you once again for joining us this week on the Moms for America podcast. I'm so glad that you are here again. Right here at the top of the show, I always want to invite our moms to join our movement here at Moms for America. Uh, we are moms uniting all across the country, fighting for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. Where can you find out about Moms for America? Good question. Would you please check us out at momsforamerica.us? All of our programs, our initiatives, um, our teachings, our webinars, everything that we have to help you in your journey through motherhood is on our website. We are here to serve you moms. Also, I do want to mention here at the top of the show, would you please like and subscribe to our podcast? This is how we get the word out with you mamas in the field. Uh, a lot of our podcasts are getting censored and a lot of our information is getting censored. So would you please like and subscribe and share this within your circles? Alrighty, well, on to today's program. This week, all around the country, we will be celebrating Memorial Day, right? Honoring those who have died serving our country. Well, this holiday was originally known as Decoration Day, and it began shortly after the Civil War. Our guest today, Denise Williams, knows about this kind of loss intimately. She's a Gold Star mom who lost her 21-year-old son, Andrew, while he was serving in the U.S. Army in Afghanistan. Denise wants us to celebrate Memorial Day with gratitude and enjoy it. So this is going to be a great conversation for us about sacrifice and about Memorial Day. Well, alrighty, moms, I'm so excited to talk to this mama. Um, I met Denise a few years ago when she contacted uh, the office of her state representative uh, to talk about uh, honoring um, her son who had been killed in action. Well, when she called the state representative office, I happened to answer the phone because I was the chief of staff for the state rep here in Illinois. This is how we got to meet Denise. Uh, and then we got a chance to work on naming a, a part of a street for her son, a memorial uh, street naming and honoring Andrew. So that's how I got to know Denise and hear her story and find out all about Andrew. So welcome, Denise, to the Moms for America podcast. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. How are you, Deb? I'm good. Thank you, Mama, for joining us. Uh, I don't think anyone could talk about uh, Memorial Day in a, in a, in a more informative and um, touching way than a Gold Star mom or someone that has obviously lost someone um, in, in the line of duty. So um, thanks for speaking out all across the country and the state of Illinois on behalf of Gold Star Moms and um, really what they've experienced and kind of just helping moms in their journey. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. I, I assure you, it's my honor. It's my honor to be where I am. It is. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, 
as we're approaching Memorial Day, again, you're just such a great person to chat about this. Uh, we're going to talk about patriotism. We're going to talk about Memorial Day and how Gold Star families would like us to express our sympathies. Uh, Memorial Day is bigger than a barbecue. It is very foundational to America to honor those that have been have been lost um, and have given their lives and to say thank you to their families too. So I'd like to talk a little bit about um, Andrew, who he was and um, just his story. And this was your only son. Yes, he was my only child. Andrew yeah. was, um, I used to tease him when he was little. He was an only child because he was first. <laughs> and he was absolutely in every way, shape and form this larger than life child um as an you know as a little guy he was just so happy all the time just smiles and full of life and curiosity um he was very very smart now of course i'm going to say that he was the most remarkable child ever born on the face <laughs> of earth in the history of time that's, that's what mamas do <laughs> yeah, you know we brag on our kids because we're allowed that's what right. we're um, he was very smart child, very wicked smart is how his friends describe him, accent on wicked, um, <laughs> frequently, you know, teenage years and all of that, but he was always curious and he always had this, this idea of taking care of other people, care of mommy. He took care of all of his friends. He was the kid that had a hundred best friends. Aww. Friends would all come to him and he expected me to also <laughs> so he'd show up at the house with some kid that I'd never seen before and say, uh, Mom, do we have any blueberry muffins? Knowing full we didn't, but there was a mix. That was my code for we're going to make blueberry muffins with this little guy or this friend of his whose mom had to work or whose family was going through some stuff or just needed, you know, a little bit of that family-ish time. Um, and so we'd make blueberry muffins. Or he would ask to go um, on a serendipity. Serendipity is where we get in the car and we just drive. And whatever we find interesting after an hour, two, three driving, that's where we stopped, explored uh -huh. what it was, and then went back home. That was just part and parcel. And he loved being able to bring a friend or to bring somebody else with it. And I can't tell you how many of the kids that would sit in the back and say to the car, I'm going, but where are we going? And he'd say, don't ask. Because if you ask, she's not going to tell you. And if you guess and you guess right, then we're not going to do it. So don't ask. <laughs> it has to be a surprise. <laughs> well, I know you had a very special relationship uh, with your son. Um, when you think back, did he always want to be a soldier from a young age? Uh, tell us about that story. Because, you know, kids nowadays, do they still want to be soldiers? That's one of the things I want to talk about. But Andrew did, right? At what age? At four. Four. We Four, yes, four years old. Um, I think I mentioned that this child was very smart, and he also had very much a mind of his own. We we had gone to D.C. on a trip, um, just a little vacation, and we saw the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. Now, on the airplane on the way home, he turned to me and said, Mom, I'm going to be a soldier. Wow. He never changed. Other kids want to be a baseball player, whatever doctor, fireman. Nope. He was going to be a soldier. Around about 11 or 12 years old, he found out lawyers make lots of money. And um, his 
several of his teachers called him the little lawyer because he was so good at arguing logically. Um, but he decided this hey, is a chip off the old block, I should say. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm no lawyer, um, but he decided then he was going to be a soldier and a lawyer, and he was going to be a soldier first. Mm. So when he enlisted. Um, it was not a. There was no question that he was going to enlist. The only question was going to be when. I okay. would have preferred he had gone to college first, but, um, and it's kind of a funny story and it really encapsulates who he was. Um, it was about a year. I'm, I'm trying to remember times. I think it was a, that first summer after he was killed, one of his former um, then Lieutenant, I think he was a captain by the time, by this point, um, happened to be in town and we had, you know, we had dinner and we had, time to talk and telling stories. And he would said the story with, when he found out who Andrew was as a person, that mm. they were on um, pre-deployment training. And part of that training was to practice with the radio and foreign language. So they'd ask the squad who speaks another language. Nobody answered, nobody said anything. And after the second or third time, my son said, finally, okay, I'll see, I do. And because this was my son's personality, the LT said, oh, yeah, what do you speak? Pig Latin doesn't count. Um, <laughs> and my son said, well, I, I speak Arabic. Wow. Of course. So had him, I guess, I don't remember all of the details, but I think that there was a phone call to somebody that was a translator that did speak Arabic and tested him. And when, now, keeping in mind, this is a, this is a commanding officer of my son who he lost in battle. And this is a big deal for him. And we were sitting at my kitchen table, but as all soldiers do, he warmed to the story and said, so I'm standing there and I tell this kid, get on your face and beat it until my arms get tired. And then he caught himself, realized he was speaking to mom. But of course I was laughing because that was my son. And he said, so I get him on his feet and I asked him, soldier, do you have any idea what a uh, asset you are, what is your malfunction? What are you doing in infantry? And the kid stands there, shrugs his shoulder and said, I wanted to be a real soldier first, LT. <sighs> and I just laughed, that's my son. Who's gonna right, because he, he would he would have had other options if they would have known that he was- Well, he did. That he, he did. knew Arabic, right. He scored very high in his ASVAB and, he, and it was conversationalist that he was going to go into a different MOS, military occupational specialty, and that he was going to go into language school. And when he came home after signing the papers and said, I'm going infantry, I went, you're what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> and it's the same answer. I'm going to do, I wanted to be a real soldier first. Wow. And he had every intention of, after that deployment of changing his MOS, of going on, and he would have been, his dream was he was going to be in the military long enough to go to school and become a lawyer, whether he would be a JAG lawyer, judge advocate lawyer in the military or um, what, I don't know, but he was very, he was very passionate about the concept of justice and fairness. Mm. And it's kind of an incongruity for his personality because he was so laid back. Um, uh. Called him the duck. Nothing <laughs> ever got to him, it all just rolled off his back. Ah, I see. Now, so were you, when, back to the fact when he joined the military, what was your response? Uh, you saw it coming. Oh, yeah. I was, I drove him to the, to the recruiter's office. 
I was okay. thrilled. This was the right thing for him to do at that time. He was 18 years old. Um, he had graduated high school early. Um, he'd been working three part-time jobs. And I finally kind of put the hammer down and said, okay, I do something. Military, right. college, do something. And the choice was military. And I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm, this was always going to happen. I never had any fear. We were in the middle of war. This was in 2008. This has been war for half of his life, practically. I was fully aware of what was going on in the world. And I just believed that he had something really important to do in life. So there was no chance. There was no possibility that anything was going to happen to him. Mm. So I never had any fear. I paid attention to the news. I was an addict watching 24-7. I was online constantly. I knew everything that was going on. And it never crossed my mind. No. It just... It, it, it could never be. would, right? No one ever. I, I, I guess you. There I, is a, obviously there's a risk. They're they're in war, but certainly. but for you, you just knew that this was his calling. I had no fear, absolutely none. Which is a you know, it's a blessing because living in fear of the worst happening, all that does is deprive you of the present. Right. Right. What were you hearing about um, Afghanistan from him? What was his experience like? Um, and like you said, you were in contact with him all the time. You're you're very engaged as a mama. So he was, um, I was fortunate. He, he was on his mid-tour leave. At that time, they were, it was a year-long deployment, at least a year long. And in the middle, at some point, they would come home or total was 10 or 12 days and I can't remember with the flying and all that it's you know a day and a half or so in each direction right I had opportunity to have some conversations that not every parent or every family gets to have with their mm -hmm. soldier and um it contacted me and there's rules about what you're supposed to talk about there's rules about what they're supposed to tell you but those kind of didn't apply he just told me everything all mm -hmm. the time and Things that, as a mom, you might not want to hear. I, I heard about his first enemy contact. He yeah. described that to me, and I'm not going to repeat it because it's very graphic. Um, he, had, he had said that it's in so many ways, it is, they're just normal people, but they are so different culturally that they live in a world that we can't even begin to imagine. You know, that there are villages that the only electricity is if somebody is literally putting fuel in a generator or on a bicycle running a generator. Um, they're living the same way that they have for a thousand years. And he had said that he was asked many times by a lot of people and he had, to, and he had said flat out that he absolutely believed in what, what they were doing. He believed in the mission. Yeah. It was in 2010 and he had said flat out that mom, I, if, if we don't fight them there, we're going to fight them here. Hmm. So He knew that, yeah, he knew that. Yeah. Um, so when he, that was when he came home, was that the, uh, August, September? Yeah. Okay. So you had a chance to connect with him, hear his stories, yeah. um, the mission, uh, his brotherhood here, there. I mean, I, I happened to be at, at, uh, the naming of the, of the highway there and saw everyone come and say such great things about him and kind of like his brothers in the mission, uh, that had been with him and everybody really did have a lot of respect for, for Andrew. So he left, went back into, um, you know, back to Afghanistan 
Mm-hmm. And um, then just, was that just how, how soon was it that he uh, um, killed? Just, it was about six weeks. Okay. Over six weeks, exactly. So he had left, and I don't remember the exact date. Um, I have it written down and I do remember, but it's one of those things that I don't necessarily want. It's a date that would be significant because it would be the last day that I saw him. Right. First time. So I don't think of that date. Can't right. tell you what it is. Um, he turned 21 on September 14th. Okay. In Afghanistan. And he was killed six weeks. So it was about seven weeks that he was back from his mid-tour leave um, when he was killed. This is the hard part always to ask, how how did this happen? How were you notified? Again, you were never expecting anything like this to yeah. ever come knocking at your door. Um, to whatever you wanna share, how, how, does, how does one get notified? How does this happen? I guess we see this in the movies where somebody knocks on the door. I don't know. Right, so there is, that part is true. There will be, um, either an officer or a senior NCO, senior non-commissioned officer, so a staff sergeant or above, and a chaplain, if at all possible, generally, I'm pretty sure always there's a chaplain as well, and they knock on your door, and they say, um, they verify who you are, as if you don't know what's happening, and Mm -hmm. the words are, on behalf of a grateful nation, and with our deepest sympathy, we regret to inform you, and how I was notified is a different story and it's big deal and all of that. And um, literally the army changed how notifications happen because I got a phone call. I wasn't supposed to get a phone call. Oh. But I got a phone call and it was a mess. And because of how all of that happened, the army literally officially changed how notifications are handled so that that never happens to somebody again. Okay. I got a phone call. Um, standing outside of my dentist's office by myself in a parking lot. Uh, And I was told he's dead. They killed him. And my memories from that point, I've got flashes of memories. Um, I remember I was on my face in the middle of the parking lot. I remember screaming. I remember people just coming from everywhere, taking my car keys away from me because I was trying to get my car to go home. And and police and fire trucks and ambulance and uh, it was just the entire time I found out later that there were these two notification officers were sitting around the corner from my house. So when it finally I called or I got through to my son's unit here stateside and and this is a funny story in a sense it's a very funny story. To this day I don't know exactly what I said on that phone call. I know who I spoke to, because this That's is someone I consider my brother and my family. To this day, he will not tell me exactly what I said. I know it was colorful, very unladylike, and <laughs> lots of bad words, um, screaming. And the response I got was, ma'am, we can't have this conversation. This is not how this is done. You need to go home. And when I got home within minute notification team came to the door i by the time they came to the door right it was a confirmation of what i've already been told and what i you know wrong way and all of that but the beauty of this story is because of that 
in every person that I was in contact with through this entire process over the weeks, months, and years ahead, they could not have been more kind, more careful, more supportive. I didn't, I didn't take a breath on my own. They made certain that they stood with me. I had a battle hardened sergeant ranger, you know, all that in a surprise guy standing next to me at the funeral home, at the wake, every single step of the way, physically holding me up, holding my hand and squeezing my hand. And I say, I want to go to the bathroom. And it's like making a flanks to get everybody out. <laughs> I'm thirsty. Uh, it hurts some water. I mean, it was just the care and the concern yeah. that they care they do for the families is I can't say enough and we about it. should. And we it, should. We should be honoring and helping and um doing all that we can for Gold Star families. 100%. But at the same time, we as the families, and I certainly was very aware of how difficult their job was. Mm. The job of knocking on someone's door. Can you imagine? Counseling their life. No. The the job of then walking with that family over the next weeks and months. That's that's some of the hardest work in the military. Well, yeah. I'll tell you. And I can't. I'm still to this day in awe and gratitude. Those individuals for the heart and the just the the warmth and spirit they wrap you in is yeah well now it's been 12 is it 12 years yeah, yeah. 12 and a half and, years. yeah and i know just from knowing you here in the community that you have um you've walked forward into this um a, a role with the gold star moms here and honoring you do a lot with veterans you do a lot with the military, um, other Gold Star families, other Gold Star moms, you've made this, um, this is your passion because it's what has been allowed to happen with you and your child, but you haven't become bitter. Uh, I'm sure it's been extremely difficult. You've um, tried to make things better. So thank you. How okay. are you now, 12 years later, Denise? Um so biggest change is I went off and went back to school and got some degrees to become a therapist. And I worked primarily or a lot with military and veterans and their families and law enforcement, first responders. Um, there is so much similarity. Just worldview is different. Um, yeah. Experiences are different and a lot of grief. Yeah. And I went to school because of the things that I had learned, starting with those first days and the care and the compassion with which I was ran. And I learned, I don't know that, <clears throat> I don't know that I was ever bitter, angry at the unfairness and on the un at the unjustness and at the same time, very cognizant of, I can't make the determination if it's unfair or unjust, I'm not God. Yeah. I'll have a conversation about that at one point, but, <laughs> you know, that's just the way that goes. And I was also made aware instantly of the consequences and the cost to his fellow soldiers, to his brothers. I yeah. knew most everybody in his unit. 
I knew all of these guys. I've met them all. I've been down to base numerous times. How many of them had, you know, sat at my kitchen table prior to deployment? And I was aware that for me, it was never going to get better. Mm. This is what it is. I will have this, this grief, this bittersweet, melancholy, pain and pride mixture that's impossible to dissect walking with me the rest of my life. Pain and pride. Wow. What a powerful combination of words and emotions. It's acceptance of this fact is what's so critical. And I was so very aware of, you know, his brothers he served with, they're 19, 20, 22, Mm. 24 years old at the most. They're kids. Yeah. I could not let this be, this grief mean their defining moment. Yeah. I couldn't do that. And for several of them that, you know, so many had said that they had rather it been them. Mm. The answer is always, so you want him to go through the pain that you're going through. Mm. That's not love. That's not, I understand you don't want the pain. You don't have to keep it forever. It's not yours to keep. You experience it and you grow from it and yeah. you do um you it's making a choice people don't believe it but you actually can find joy again in life you can experience joy that is actually richer mm. in or, and it's more rounded because you know what the absence of joy truly is you know what yeah. that truly is and you can learn to appreciate and just be grateful for fullness mm. of life experience. Yeah, tragedy does um, does something to your soul. Um, it just does, and like you said, if you can get through it and work through it, um, there's more life continues, right? I mean, you've made this really a ministry. Uh, your testimony, right? Just going and, and talking and sharing and um, I guess relating to, to other people that have lost and just honoring our, honoring our fallen. What are some things, Denise, that we should do right uh, when we talk with someone that has lost someone in the military? What are some things that people do wrong? Um, I'd love to get just some insight because I want Memorial Day, I want everyone to understand Memorial Day and um, I guess the word celebrated is a hard t- word to say, but I know you do want us to celebrate it. Um, what are some things that we should be doing when we look at this holiday? So the it's a big controversy using the word celebrate, and right. I use it continuously. So um, I'll continue to be controversial in this sense. When we're talking to someone, and this is for anybody that's had a loss, when you're talking to someone who has lost a family member, they've lost a loved one, a husband, father, child, sibling, they've been killed in combat with the enemy. Ask them how they lived, not how they died. That's what they want. They want to know. Ask them for a story about their loved one. I mean, uh. We're all parents. We're all family. We all love to brag on our kids. That doesn't end. So ask them for the stories. The question is that a man dies twice. The day he takes his last breath, 
and the day his name is said for the last time. Oh. And for, for families, for the Gold Star families, hardest part is there's no future memories made. Mm. All your memories are in the past. There's nothing to look forward to. There's a small consolation that's not so small. You ask me about my son, and yeah. I tell you the story. <laughs> you often repeat that story of my son. That's a new memory. His name lives on. He lives on. And that's a new memory for me. And that's wow. a that cannot be explained. It cannot be understood. And we don't want you to understand it because you have to be on this side of it to truly understand what that gift means. And part of that, part of that gift is on Memorial Day, Absolutely. It's a solemn day. It is the only day on the calendar that's only type of death that is that is recognized as a national holiday. That's mm. a big deal. Yeah. And as you're thinking about what was lost, think about what was purchased with that life. Look around you. Everything you have, everything you are, everything you have available to you and your family, every opportunity. You have it because somebody else bought and paid for that with their life. So it's solemn. It's serious. And you should receive that gift with gratitude and joy mm. and celebrate it. Be grateful for and thankful for all that we have yeah. because somebody else paid for it for you. So absolutely have a barbecue. Absolutely get together with your friends. Sit on the beach, crack a cold one. Whatever it is that you do and know that you are able to do that because somebody gave that to you. Yes. Beautifully said. And it's 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 that that saying that we say that freedom isn't free. Mm -hmm. It's not free. <laughs> and we have to recognize that. So beautiful words on this, beautiful advice, um, which really kind of is on the heels of talking about our kids about patriotism and about our country and about um, the freedoms that we all have, that these soldiers have fought for this for decades. For I mean, history is filled with battles for freedom, right? Yeah. And so Memorial Day, as we honor those that have fought for us, Parents need to be talking about America and the gift that it is that we are to be raised in this country, to raise our children in this country, to live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Absolutely. When I when I think about, you know, what do we tell children? How do you teach children patriotism? Yeah. The temptation is to tell them about these great heroic battles and these amazing absolutely astounding deeds and these people who have received the medal of honor for saving the lives of others yes that can get kids attention but what really matters is talking about their lives talking about who these people were as kids themselves they're they're heroes but they're ordinary heroes they weren't mm. born doing something so remarkable 
they were just like everybody else that got put in a position by choice, did something that was truly remarkable. But they were ordinary people. And I say it all the time. My son, I, the word hero is so big. He was an ordinary hero. He was an ordinary kid. Mm. He went to school. He got in trouble. He got grounded. He, <sighs> you know, made mistakes. He did right things. He cared about his friends. He, he back talked his mom. All of the things that any kid does. <laughs> when we tell kids about the heroes that earned for them what they have. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we stress how ordinary these people really, really are. And that just all it took was a few moments, a few choices that made them heroes. Yeah. Thank you to our soldiers. Patriotism is down what they're saying like, patriotism is down. I think even uh, the military is down, right? For recruiting. There's yeah. been some loss, right? We've lost something here in our country. 40% um, of Gen Zers believe that the founding fathers um, are more accurately characterized as villains, not heroes. Um, something has, has broken here in America. And, you know, we do that at Moms America. We talk about patriotism and our country and our heritage and the principles of liberty, you know, that's our passion to raise patriots. Because if we don't raise patriots, children that love our country and appreciate our freedom, well, the future's lost. Um, why Why do you think now, you know, less kids are going into the military or um, this generation just doesn't appreciate freedom? What's happened there? There's a couple of things going on right now that um, are kind of expected. And I think it's a cyclical thing. So right now we are in a quote, post-war period. And just like after Vietnam, just like after Korea, just like after World War One and Two, people are tired of war. People are wow. tired of that. And it's kind of a necessity as a society to go through the growing pains cycle. And I think that it'll come around again. I see... Um, I'm fortunate because I get to substitute teach. I do that a couple of days a week here and there. And it's mostly with, not mostly, it's exclusively with um, E through eight. And mostly around fifth, sixth grade are my favorite kids. They're not as unpatriotic as we are. In a sense, I think at that age, we've done such a good job of creating a world of freedom for them to exist in that they simply yeah. take it for granted. Yes, they that don't is so true. That there is something to be fought for, to be defended. They just simply take it for granted. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We haven't failed because children expect good thing. We just need to put the other half of that together age appropriately that with freedom comes responsibility. Mm -hmm. freedom comes obligation and with freedom requires gratitude yes what can we do uh as memorial day is here with our families with our children um what would you suggest 
that we could do to make this come alive in our home? One of the many things that I, there's a lot of different little things, but depending on the age of the kids, one of the things that you can do is um, before Memorial Day, find if you're close enough to a national cemetery or if you know of someone in your town from any era who gave their life in service. Mm. Look up their name, look up some information about them, have a conversation, make that person from their community real Mm. to your kids. I love that. It's kind of simple and it's kind of, and now with the internet, you can find anything about anybody. Encourage if they're a little bit older, encourage them to look into the there's lists online. There's all kinds of information online of soldiers, airmen, sailors, Marines, right. who have died in in war. And challenge your kids to go find out something about them that right. makes them ordinary. Mm-hmm. Don't just look at the extraordinary part of them. What made them ordinary? That's something kids can relate to. I think as parents and as moms, we just have to make this, like so many other things, we just have to make this a priority. Like you said, we have to instill gratitude for our freedoms, for America, for the Constitution, because, you know, it's just, it's been easy for them. I mean, this generation has a whole load of horrendous problems. So we're not saying it's an easy generation to grow up on, but Patriotism has been lost. And I think that Memorial Day and honoring those that have um, given their lives for our country and our freedom is a perfect place to start. And uh, and just with Gold Star families, and like you said, with, uh, you know, um, with your American legions and your veteran, your VFW halls, all this stuff, it is all around us. So moms, we just have to rise up and make it a part of the culture in our home. I know you talked about the fact that one of the things that really helps you as a mom is to celebrate your son and to share the stories of who he is and and what he's done. I know you've gotten a park named after him in our area. And then I teased this at the beginning of the episode that we were able to work on naming a, uh, a route here, a street that um, is in your neighborhood after your son. You want to talk about Hero's Way? And why this was important to you as as a Gold Star mom of naming a street. I'll never forget being there. It was awesome um, just to see this memorial piece uh, for your son. So way back, I travel a lot in other states and Gold Star, and, and I'm connected to and I'm friends with Gold Stars in other states and other states. And I think this um, we had talked about this early on when I talked to you about it. Other states have basically a system that it's a very easy process for a road or a bridge or a highway to be named for a fallen soldier from that community. And this was, I, you know, came to you and talked to you about that. And then our, our rep pushed it through, got it through the, the house and through the Senate. And then it was signed into law. Um, then Governor Ground, then Governor Rauner signed it. August of 2016, the Heroes Way Act became a fact. And I remember at that point, um, conversations that, okay, so what road did I want to have named? And I told you then that, no, we're going to wait. 
because there were others that I wanted to go first. There were others that had their, they lost their son or their daughter or their loved one before Andrew, that this didn't just apply to post 9-11. This was for anyone. So I worked with a couple of other families and we got a, um, a road named for a sister, got a road named for her brother who was killed, I believe, 69 in Vietnam. We got another road that was set up for um, another family that was uh, another Vietnam era or another Vietnam death. And then a couple of other more current eras. And then finally, um, I said, okay, it's time. I finally mm -hmm. decided what road, I, what I wanted to do and all of that. And then COVID hit. So it was a couple <laughs> year process. It was. Go through um, just because it happened. And every day now I drive up and down that road. And every single day I get to say hi to my baby and Way back when I first started talking with you about, I wanted to get this so that all Gold Star families could have this in the state and how impact, important and impactful it would be. I was thinking in terms of how much it would mean for the community and that for the future generations. And they'll kid will see that sign on the road and say, who is that person? It never clicked in my own brain, the impact that it would have on me. Uh. I think you tried to say, but it would be so meaningful to you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. No. And it, 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 oh, yes, you were very right. Every day I get to say hi to my baby. And I know thousands and thousands. It's a very busy road. Get to see his name too. Yes. Oh, it was beautiful. It was an honor to be a part of that. Thank you to uh, State Representative Mark Batnick for helping us get that uh, passed here in Illinois. And you know what? I have another idea, just as we're talking about this, Denise, too. When you see a soldier's name, a memorial uh, sign or a park or, uh, you know, a cemetery, all those different things, just make those kind of a God moment where you can talk about freedom with your children because those signs are everywhere. You'll yeah. see them in your community, whether it's a park, whether it's a, uh, you know, anything that's honoring our veterans. Use that as a moment to uh, talk about freedom and talk about our history and talk about America and what makes it so great. Yeah, and and also about the families themselves, because that's the big part of it. Yeah. So one of the things that happens on Memorial Day that a lot of veterans really struggle with is civilians are you know basically clueless they don't mean they don't mean any harm but they'll walk up to a veteran on memorial day and say thank you for your service veterans can be very very off-put by that and it can be very hurtful to them because memorial day isn't about them memorial day is about the one who didn't come home right. and they don't want to shake your hand i tell veterans all of the time because I'm very blunt, be gracious and shake their hand. At least the civilian is recognizing Memorial Day has something to do with the military, one. And two, your job is to stand for your minister. So stand there graciously, shake their hands, and then tell them, thank you, today is about. As you can't shake the hand of a headstone. 
And that's part of what Gold Star families do and what we represent. It's not about us. We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything any different than any other. I didn't do anything to any different than any other mom. I raised my son. I right from wrong. I tried to teach him to be a good person. I tried to right. fill in him a love for his country and all of these things, just like any other mom. I didn't do anything different. Mm. Not about me. I stand because he's not here. Ah. So recognizing gold star families is you're recognizing their loved one through them. In the same vein, don't thank us for our sacrifice. We didn't make a sacrifice. They get in the literal sense, biblical sense of the world. I was not Abraham on the mountain. I did not have a choice. Yeah. The sacrifice was the free choice of my son and of all of those who fell. And if you say thank you to me for my sacrifice, I feel that's diminishing what he did and what he deserved recognition for. The loss is ours, permanently forever. And, you know, express condolences for our loss, express gratitude for having raised Mm -hmm. the type of American that will do what they did yeah and then thank go you be, for raising a soldier <laughs> and then go be worthy of the sacrifice that they made ah go be worthy of the sacrifice they made bam <laughs> what a great close on this denise thank you so much go be worthy of the sacrifice that was made for the gift of freedom that you've been given I don't think we could wrap it up any better than that. Thank you, mama. Thank you for, uh, thank you for raising a soldier. I guess that's what I'm going to say everywhere where where I go now. I'm going to say thank you for raising such a great human being that they would go and fight on our behalf. And um, thank you for being worthy. All right. Amen. Thank you, girl. I'll talk with you soon. And Moms for America, we love our gold star mamas. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Well, moms, I hope this program has shown you how very important it is to nurture a love for our country and our children and in our homes. Uh, Thanks again, Denise, for sharing your story. Raising Patriots is one of our core missions here at Moms for America, and we do take this very serious. We know that we must raise a generation that loves and appreciates America and the sacrifice of the soldiers that have fought for our freedom. Uh, After our conversation with Denise, she mentioned a new program uh, that's going to be erecting Gold Star Monuments at various cemeteries across the country. And one will be erected right here at the cemetery where Andrew is buried next year. So that is another opportunity for us to give, remember, and honor our fallen soldiers. Thank you. All right, moms, I do want to remind you here that uh, you are such a powerful influence in your homes and that you are making a great difference in your community um, and within the four walls of your home. Moms for America exists to help you in a variety of ways. So I do want to mention that you could, could you please go to our website one more time if you didn't in the beginning of the show and go to momsforamerica.us and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Uh, This is where you can get educated on the issues that relate to you as a mom, help you engage with moms all across the country and find about all of our programs, podcasts, webinars, seminars. Uh, We do a lot all across the country on issues that affect you and your home.
Also, when you are there, uh, I want you to check out our amazing program, our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meetings. Uh, the Cottage Meetings are great because they are 12 lessons that will help inspire and educate you moms about America's amazing heritage so that you can share those principles of liberty in your home and your community. What we all, always say is every issue is a mom issue and that when mama knows what's going on and mama understands freedom, mama understands liberty and the, uh, our heritage, then she will teach those to the to the children in her home and they will raise, she will have a chance to raise patriots. So this program along with our many other programs will really inspire you and help impact your family in a very, very powerful way. We say this every week, it's like parental rights to public policy from the kitchen table to Congress. Moms for America has all the information that you need to raise those kids uh, in your family and in your community. Uh, also, again, if you have any information, any suggestions for a podcast, would you please email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. I would love to hear from you and love to hear your suggestions. Moms, we believe that liberty begins at home and that moms are truly, truly, you mamas, you are the heartbeat of America and the heartbeat of your home. You are the moms that will save America. You are the ones that will restore civility and uh, raise humanity and teach your children to love, honor, and respect our country. Um, love, honor, and respect God. Love, honor, and respect um, just our neighbors and, and those folks in our community. We really are the ones that train our children. So it is so important that we can help you in your journey through motherhood. So would you please share this uh, with your mama friends in your circle? Again, like and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we will see you back here next week for another informative an inspiring discussion for moms just like you. Thanks for joining us. And moms, you know, let's uh, keep changing our world one home at a time. I'll talk to you soon.